0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: You've now tuned in to the Drawing Word Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Hello, hello, hello. This is the founder and the host of the drawing board podcast. You know, I normally end the show with telling you that your future is not behind you, that it's not before you. It is within you. Today is an awesome day that... Uh, For all of the educators, for all of the administrators, for all of the teachers, the students and families, you should be kind of getting back to the rhythm of the second week of school. So uh, to all of you all that are in the grind and the hustle of reacclimating yourself to your school schedule, I know you're probably sleepy around this time. But tonight we have an amazing and an awesome guest, someone who is out there, a, mo- a mover and a shaker, a big money maker, the one who's out here uh challenging and shifting culture norms and and being able to bring a new narrative to what it is to be cool and smart uh being able to put the fun back into it and also i know if you see his face on our facebook live you recognize his face you probably shined up some chuck taylor's and made it happen uh down there supporting a great cause. Oh, we got my a1 since day one kate is in the house she lifted up her foot she got her chuck t's on
0: always all
1: right so Tonight, I welcome to the show, The Drawing Board Nation welcomes Jason Applin. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. It's good to see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we jump into all of the great content that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, man, I remember the first time meeting you uh, was when uh, Eric and Marcus had invited me. uh, We were in Southfield uh, to a meeting with Black United Fund uh, with Ken Donaldson. Shout out to Mr. D. Uh, and all of the Buff Connects and everybody making a difference out there uh, with surrounding uh, that particular organization. And, man, it was a lot of uh, innovative thinkers, right. uh, some of the great thought leaders that we see now that are doing some really big things. And uh, I listened to you talk mm-hmm. and you were talking about uh, like in that. And when I heard you up there, you were talking about mentorship. And when you first started out, you know how you were throwing parties, you know, right. And, uh, man, listen, and then you got into, uh, connecting a party and a purpose. Right. So, right. man, when, when I heard you say that, I was listening, I was like, okay, cool. He took something that he enjoyed doing that it was good. It was a great time for people. Right. Like, to walk me through that process, man. How did you end up, like, how did you start doing that?
0: So I can basically break it down. And it's funny, I just left Mr. Donaldson at Buff. Um, so one of my mentors, Jerome Buffington. Jerome Puffington, I always will do club parties and social events. And I remember it was one of my last events I was doing at the Whitney. So I used to do every Friday at the Whitney downtown Detroit. And Jerome was like, hey, Jason, you have this audience. Now it's time to evolve and think about how can you take this audience and drive them to something that's more social with more social impact. You know, it's cool to party, you know, have some booze and some spirits, have a little fun. But as we start to mature and get older, Use that same consumer base. And now we can drive things that's going to move the community forward, be more social, impactful. So once he said that, and usually I'm a good listener with my mentors, they tell me to do stuff. I kind of just do it. I started to think about that. And then from there, that's how I got involved in Buff, because they started Buff Connect. We all started to come to Buff Connect. And that's where I met Mr. Donaldson, because Mr. D was Darone Buffington's mentor. So Mr. D is like my mentor squared. <laughs>
1: oh wow. Okay. Right. So yeah. So that's never, how it happened. Yeah, I never connected those dots. Right, right. Yeah, okay. All that's right. How it so happened. yeah, I know I know Buffington and all the awesome things that he's doing and yeah. you know, we kinda of follow his lead uh in that respect and uh his and his wife is doing great things right. as Carrie. well. Yep. So uh doing that at a high level. Yeah. Um so when I got a chance to also hear you speak, man, one of the things that you were touching on is like leveraging that younger voice. Like right. Bring, uh, allowing the, you know, how does the younger voice get to the table? Mm-hmm. Uh, a impact, like embrace some of the, you know, tr- not, I won't say traditional ideas, but some of the ideas that have worked. Right. But then also be able to leverage their voice at the table. Right. And I've seen you do that, man, like with Tux and Chucks. So, right. like, take me to the, like, create the experience for me, man. So how, so, do, how do you and Scruggs get together, man, and decide that, You're going to make this happen.
0: So me and Byron, I mean, we're both Scorpios. My birthday is November 10th. His is the 18th of November. And we always, I mean, fun is our lifeline. Every, I mean, that's my lane. Okay. Like if if I had a limited budget on the give, how people can have a great time, I feel like that would be the best job in the world. I'm all about having fun. You work hard, you play hard. So me and uh, Byron, we always wanted to do an event to celebrate our birthdays in which it originally start as a birthday party. But we always wanted to tie that social impact that Darone Buffington was always telling us about, like, hey, we're getting older. How are you going to impact your community? How are you going to be more philanthropic? You know, that's where the evolution of, of a lot of party promoters should go because you already have the audience and it's not like if we get older we don't stop partying we just do it in more philanthropic ways raising money for charity it's always going to be an event at the end of the day events don't stop it's right. a whole business I don't know how much money is raised doing events but I'm sure it's a multi-million maybe billion dollar industry right, right. so from there we was like okay Byron was saying hey I want and when he got married him and his his wife Kelly got married his groomsmen wore Chuck Taylors so they wore their tuxedos and Chuck Taylors so that's where the the idea of tux and chucks came from, and I just put a name together. He was like, "Yeah, I want to wear tuxedos and chucks," so I just it rhymes tux and tux chucks. And chucks yeah. You want something that's gonna stick quick, and people can just you know it can resonate, and you can build branding behind it. So that's what we came up with in the first year. Was really it was just. It was still in birthday party mode, but we did donate portions of our proceeds to a nonprofit of someone that we knew. And there it started to grow. And then it took on its own life. And really, we separated our birthdays outside of it. And Tux and Chucks became the event that
1: you know today. Absolutely. Do Mm -hmm. you know? And I I wondered if you knew, but there is a Tux and Chucks happening in Indianapolis. Did you know that?
0: Right. So the funny thing about it is we have a trademark on the name Tux and Chucks. Okay. But a lot of times, what we don't do is, you know, I mean, we can send cease uh, cease and desist letters to people. But, I mean, it's not really worth the hassle. I mean, when you got a good pro- product, people are going to copy it. And it's been copied in Phoenix. It's been, co- it's been copied in Milwaukee. It's been copied in Indianapolis. It's been copied in multiple places. And we see it because a lot of our constituency and our supporters, they'll show it. I mean, Instagram, you see everything, right? right. You can just hashtag Tucks and Chucks and you'll see the different Tux and Chucks that, you know, kind of copied us. But, like you say, uh, people are doing it on a small level and they end up doing it on a, a level big enough I'm really – I was really concerned about, like, let's say Converse came in and they wanted to do one. You know, I'm more – the, the big corporations that can kind of wipe you out. And the funny thing about it, we've been reaching out to Converse, the partner for the last uh, couple of years. We also, we partnered with them, uh, I think in the malls and we give people discounts and stuff like that. But I actually been in touch with the CFO of Converse and trying to really bring him on board and say, Hey, let's make this a multi-city, you know, national type things where we'll do tucks and chucks and 10 city tour and raise money and be more impactful than they will actually pay maybe a celebrity. To do that, because every year when we have it, like sales spike. I mean, Absolutely. You know, the most most people we had, we had 1,200 people a couple years back at the MGM, and you probably, we counted eight 900 people wearing Chucks, and you're not going to come out with an old pair of Chucks, you're going to go buy you a new pair. Right. Especially as you start to bedazzle them and make them funky, and we're doing Chuck Taylor, you know,
1: contests and what have you, so we drive product. We just need to get Converse on board. So, man, listen, I, I would purchase a pair if there was a pair of J-App, you know, right, chucks, right. you know, or b scrubs yeah, chucks, that, yeah. like, for the event or, <laughs> like, like, the uh, limited edition, uh, let's say, 2020 Tucks and Chucks, right. you know, shoe came out. Right, Like, I, I would rock a shoe like that. Well, we need, to,
0: we need to get with Converse and do a cool, smart chuck. Okay. A cool, smart incorporated chuck. So that's something that we have to, you know, maybe we have to explore and see how we can do that.
1: Okay, well yeah, man mm-hmm. that yeah that that event I got a chance to come and man, what I loved about it it was so many diverse professionals right. Uh, it was, you know, some of the senior level professionals, right. some of the younger people, right. some of the people from the hood. It was just. Yeah, it's like, everything. It was, yeah, it was such a diverse experience, man, but had an excellent time. Was right. was funny, one of my homeboys from Four Wayne, Indiana had moved up here. Okay. And he, he and I hadn't been able to, we didn't connect, you mm-hmm. know, since he had been up here, but I was at Tux and Chucks, mm-hmm. and then he was there. So I was like, I saw one of my childhood friends. Right, right. You know, we right. reconnected That's cool. at Tux and Chucks, man. So. You know, continue that great work and you mentioned right. uh your organization Cool Smart. Right. Yeah. So like I, I'm all about like the experience, right? So either things where you had like this epiphany mm-hmm. or gradual, you know, gradual like increase as far as social impact right. of what you wanted to do. But when we talked, this was probably about two or three years ago and we were talking about uh, you know, how you had to put the fun back into right. you know, kids being able to understand. Yeah. Uh, you do. I
0: mean, uh, like you say, as we get older and we want to give back to the community, but nowadays it has to be a fun element. Like when you even look at, you know, we're going through Mr. Donaldson's organization with Buff. That's the fifty. Next year will be the 50th anniversary. But when you naturally, us millennials, or I don't know if we call it Gen. I, depending on your age group, I'm about to be 39 this year in right. November. So I don't know where I fall. I probably got one foot in the millennial realm and one foot in Generation Y or X. Yeah. You know, or Z. I don't know. You know, they just come up, you know, every year. Every year. Just pick a letter, think, right? I think we are. Yeah. I think
1: we're X and millennials. So right, like, right. I'll be 37 this year. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like we're like older millennials. Right. Uh, but younger, uh, like Gen Xers. Yeah, yeah. Got
0: you. So from that standpoint, when you look at traditionally how fundraisers go, f- from our perspective, they're boring. Right. You know, and I feel like you can still be philanthropic and have social impact, but there can be an entertainment element where you walk away from that event and you actually enjoyed yourself. So combining the two, and I think that's what it took to get us young folks involved is we don't want to go to your normal fundraiser where you're sitting down at a table. You know, you have your chicken and peas and whatever, you know, and. You want to have you want to have entertainment. You want to walk away, and say, "Okay, I contributed to this nonprofit's mission statement, but I also had a good time." Right, and that's where it's all about with us. Where, like I said, fun being our lifeline, everything has to be infused with fun, even if it's educational, if it's you know going out, we're cleaning up the community, whatever. We have to have a fun element to it because that's what we—that's just basically what we live by.
1: Yeah. So when I'm sitting here, man, I'm always thinking about like, okay, if I had to package it. And I'm sure that, you know, you already have some coin, but I'm thinking like, man, I would it would be like the three E's of like your fundraising. Right. So it has to be engaging, has to be entertaining. And then there has to be an enlightenment element or, you know, something that you learn within the process of that. And, you know, when you're having fun, you're you're more open or or apt to make a decision to give because you are, yeah, I mean, hey, even the words say God loves a cheerful giver, right? So you got to have fun. Let's make uh, a night of it. And you got to, you know, you got to, whether it's you turning up, getting lit, getting drunk, having fun, you know, that's all those different generations uh, or if you're off the hook, off the chain, whatever yeah. your your phrase is, like this is a a great way to do it. Now I know yeah. you were also talking about partnering with some schools, mm-hmm. uh, in order to bring that that uh element of cool smart to the schools. How right. do you do that?
0: Yeah, so definitely. Uh, so Byron Suggs, he's my power partner and co-founder. He actually went to Cast Tech. He's a Cast Tech alumni of 1999. CT, my wife is 96. <laughs> okay. right. right? Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a a group within Cast Tech called CT Gents. So what we do is we hook up with that group and it's basically just bringing, you know, nonprofit one on one. To a high schooler, because that's something I didn't have, and I know a lot of schools are having a charitable arm or cha- charitable curriculum now in the elementary, middle school to teach kids about social impact. But from that standpoint, we didn't have that growing up, and it's good we just partner with the school and just like just sit down with them, having conversations about just just one on one. Do you know what a nonprofit is? Do you know? Do you do any current charitable giving? Do your family does it? Like just having these conversations that sparking ideas in the kids and saying, hey, if you want to give, if you can, you can't give money because you're in high school. I know I didn't have any money in high school until I got to 12th grade and started working. But you can give your sweat equity. We can go out here and clean up parks and clean up communities and clean up, you know, the area in which you live. And that's still charitable within its own right. So just like sparking ideas and expanding the young mind, because a lot of times you don't know what's out there until you get the exposure. So that's what we're doing, working with the, you know, the high schools to get them exposed and get them, you know, out in the streets and doing different activities around charity.
1: So let's say I'm not a CT gent. Right. uh, But I want to get involved with Cool Smart and I want to help out Mm -hmm. uh, with what you're doing with the young people or, you know, different events that you may throw. How do I get involved? So a lot of people, they hit us up on our website. Our
0: website is www.coolsmart.org. I'm on social media, you know, at CoolSmart.Inc. my personal, uh, you know, account is at J underscore app. So that's for J app, Jason Appling. Uh, my, my partner Byron, he's on there. So there's a lot of ways that you can find us on social media. If you type in cool smart in Google, you'll see Tux and Chuck stuff pop up, videos, websites. Like we're all over the place because, you know, we use hashtags and different things. So we're easy to find. And I'm sure my phone number is like all over the place. Okay, <laughs> it <all> has, right. <laughs> it has, I haven't changed my phone number since 1998.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So I just want to, uh, when you talk about social impact, mm-hmm. I want to share about some of the agencies right. that you that have been impacted by your your philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So building better men with Otis Bellinger. Yes, Otis. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Professional Youth Detroit. Now, purpose for Youth Detroit. Correct. Who's, whose organization is that? Uh, Purple to You. So that's one of our friends that we actually,
0: and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name now because we give so much money. So when you think about it, over the last, this will be the ninth year. Okay. We're approaching our 10th year of Tux and Chucks. Right. And we've probably almost given away about $80,000. Oh, that, that's great. $80,000 from proceeds that we make from the Tux and Chucks event. And a lot of times that's not highlighted, but I take pride in that because that's money. When we when we present that big check, right. they get a check.
1: Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, so
0: organizations look- are getting $2,000, two thousand, twenty five hundred a piece, whatever the percentage that we raise. You know, a lot of times from our standpoint, me and Byron, we're not the event. We might not profit, but we still want to make sure that the purpose of what we're creating is to really help organizations that have a smaller reach than we do, because everybody can't throw an event and have five, six, seven. 800, the most we had, 1200 people come out. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's hard to do. And that takes, that's just a skill set that we've built just being the type of people we are and people like to be around us and we care about people's entertainment. Right. So a lot of these organizations are smaller. And what, and what we did is we provided that money because as a nonprofit, especially a young nonprofit, a lot of the big corporations or organizations, they don't give to the smaller nonprofits. They go for bigger, well-known nonprofits that get all the money. Right. And a lot of us small organizations, we struggle to get by. People are using their personal income from their jobs or they're just trying to do, you know, maybe not, you know, just different ways to just fund their business and, and run and, and, and get that mission statement out there. So for that standpoint, we focused on how can we
1: help people that can't do what we can do when it comes to throwing an event. So question for you. Mm-hmm. And this, this is related to like, uh so in business, you know, once you have a product you can take it to scale. Right. So when you're talking about scaling like an activity within a nonprofit, mm-hmm. like does Cool Smart will Cool Smart partner and like teach a non profit how to like grow its impact or grow its social impact? Like do these organizations uh, do they have an opportunity to help the movement of Tux and Chucks yeah. each year? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, we you know, a lot of these people that we
0: actually fund, give a monetary gift to. They are our patrons of the event. So which is good. So, yeah, I mean, they'll you know, I mean, you know, they'll. Just to share on social media helps a lot. I mean, that's just more exposure so people can actually know about it because we all have different networks within our own. But even though you might see my posting or my advertising, if somebody you can relate to and you know post it, then that gives it validity to you because you have that 60 degrees separation or, or you're familiar with them. Right. So it helps. I mean, yeah, they come all the time uh, from that standpoint. So. I mean, it helps. I mean, and then, like you say, we start to find out more about their organization. So we start to go to their events, you know, so it just creates this cross collaboration and just this community of of smaller organizations that have different mission statements. But it's like great, like kicks for kids. I mean, you know, that's an organization that is based off of the fact that kids in the Pontiac area, you know, when you go to school, bullying might start with fashion. If you got rundown shoes or rundown clothes, so her organization is all about giving kids new shoes so they won't feel uncomfortable. And you have that anxiety of just I'm going to school and I just don't look the part like everybody else. You know, so organizations like that, I mean, it's people it's, it's a lot of good things that's going on in the community. And what we try to do is help them help fund their mission and then also bring exposure to their mission. Right,
1: I, that's what I, I can appreciate about what Cool Smart is doing. Because right. I'm looking at Identify Your Dream Foundation, right. Detroit Young Professionals, Detroit Jazz Fest, right. the Union with uh, Brother Jason Wilson. Oh, TV. he's he's yeah. he's amazing. Oh man, listen, that guy's amazing. Oh yeah, he's out there killing <laughs> it, <him, man>. and, <laughs> Jason and um, is, he's he's amazing. Absolutely, and. Um, Teen hype So when I think about dollars And I think about impact Mm -hmm. Like for me Like I see those faces Right Mm -hmm. And of course me working in education Or working in a school I'm I'm thinking about how that That dollar translates to impact And changing a life Right And so when I think about B2M Or building better men And I know the work that Otis does With those young men And I think about the union Mm -hmm. So like these are These are major players That's like shifting the narrative Right So and and like the major narrative from to get some the major I narrative it a yeah, right. yeah. the major narrative uh that's being shifted is like that each person has intrinsic value and has the power to impact another person's life. Right. So uh when I see you with uh Cool Smart and I see you like impacting safe mm-hmm. which is you know bringing do- bringing awareness around domestic, domestic violence. violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um I remember sitting in uh, this is when New Detroit started their first okay. uh, like their capacity building. Right? OK. So I was down there with another organization. And I remember when she initially started safe and s- to see how it has grown mm-hmm. and then seeing how like cool, smart is a part of that movement. Like when you think about it, and I'm talking about like like qualifying and quantifying the work that you're doing. Right. Like, man, those lives that of people that you'll never touch. I was talking to uh, a coworker and I was saying, you have to create something that has an impact that outlives you. Right. Right. You do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So man, listen, this is, uh, when you talk about engaging with the community and social impact, how does Jay app, how does Jason Mm -hmm. appling? Uh, what, what do you see? What is your major Achilles heel that you say? I want to change this. Uh, for me, I think it's, it's basically the mission statement of
0: Cool Smart because I felt like there's a gap. Like when you look at older individuals, you know, and especially in our community, in the African American community, when you look at older black folks, right. I think they understand the power of giving monetarily, not only giving your sweat equity, your time and your efforts, but giving money. I think they understand that More than our generation does because I think our generation thinks more about the exchange. Okay. If I give monetarily, what do I give back? So it's really the Achilles heel for me is as you reach a certain point in your life and you start to make a certain amount of money, there has to be a social impact part of that because your success is not only what you can acquire yourself. It's about whose lives you're changing. So cool smart is built off of that whole ideology of are, you know, us, the, 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 the Gen Xers slash millennials. When do we get to a point of maturity to where we're like, okay, it's not only about ourselves and what we can gather from the situation. We have to help others. We have to pay it for that whole hashtag, you know, hashtag pay it for. That's what Cool Smart is about. So that's always been the issue because, you know, even you, what nonprofits, even young nonprofits, what we go through is like you say, we can be self-sustainable. I mean, just look at what happened with that chicken sandwich. Right. In Popeyes. Right. Yes. I just read something. They sold like thousand chicken sandwiches a day and all this craziness stuff. I mean, that's cool. Go eat. I like chicken too. But I mean, say if we use the same type of influence in our own community, with our own businesses, then we can be self-sustainable. We won't have to. I won't need to go to X company to try to get a grant or try to get X amount of dollars because I can just fundraise through my own community. Right. And, it, and it doesn't have to be to be philanthropic. It doesn't have to be Jason donate ten thousand dollars. You can get ten thousand people donating $1. one dollar.
1: Absolutely, that's that's it. And when you say you over the nine years you've given away or you've donated $80,000, 80, that is nearly, grand. yeah, that is nearly $10,000 a year. Right. Yeah, that you all have been able to distribute. Approximately 80 yeah.
0: grand. And some years we give more and some we give less. It all depends on what's coming in. But, I mean, like you say, that's impactful. That's money going out to nonprofits to help them do whatever. I mean, if they need to buy laptops just to run their organization, if they need money for an event or organiza- you know, a program, I mean, that's these are checks that we've
1: given out. Over the last eight years, so now here's the question that I have for all of the nonprofit listeners who are saying, "Man, how do I get my name in the running?" Right, you know, uh, to to receive these funds. So, how does a nonprofit uh, petition get involved? Make you aware of them? Right. How do we do that? Oh, I don't have that issue. I get. <laughs>
0: That's not a problem. When right. you when you're giving out money, people find you, right? right? You you're the easiest person to find. So every year when we launch uh, the the event and we're gonna launch next week uh, we start a Facebook. So what we did is we found out we wanted to take it out of, the, of our hands of actually choosing. Okay. And we put it like once all the nonprofits submit and you have to have a 501c3. That's like our, our criteria. You have to be a 501c3 incorporated uh, nonprofit organization. And then you submit and then we'll put the list of nonprofits on Facebook and the top two vote getters. Okay. Receive the monetary gift. So you leave it to the community. We leave it to the people. All Let right. your people hold you down. Because one of the things that happens is, you know, we wanted to take ourselves out of it because a lot of times it's funny. You know, you start picking and choosing and you don't want to give people the idea that you're picking favorites. Right. Okay. So I, we took it out of our hands. And put it in the people's hands. If you want to get the money, you make sure you get as many clicks and many right. votes in the top two getters. That's gonna be a be uh, who's going to get the monetary gift from Cool Smart this
1: year. Okay, cool. So then now shifting has shifting mm, gears. Right. Um, you have this entrepreneurial uh venture that you are embarking on. I saw it on Facebook right. today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I, launched. I, it. Yeah, you just launched it today. Right. So talk to me about it, man.
0: So basically, what happened? Is, so I went to Southfield Lake of class of 98 and one of my friends, Dennis McKinley, we played basketball together and we stayed good friends. Uh, he actually has he went. So he moved. He's based. in he, He's originally from Detroit. Okay, He moved down to Atlanta and he started this. It's called the original hot dog factory. And basically what he was saying is he missed Coney dogs and hot dogs because Atlanta, he was saying Atlanta is more of a, a, a wing city. Okay, Chicken wings. He's from Detroit. We got Coney Islands all over the place. So he wanted to he actually walked into business one day and and he bought a hot dog franchise. And what he ended up doing is exponentially growing the sales. And then he franchised it. So when he did that, I started, you know, watching his move. We're all on social media and I know he's down in Atlanta and he got other businesses, too, as well. So what sparked it with me? For Cool Smart, we actually partner with Comerica Park and nonprofits can actually run the concession stands and you get a percentage of the sales. Okay. You get like nine, 10% of alcohol and food. Right. So I think it was one day last year that where it was, I think Alan Trammell's jersey got retired. And I swear I rolled up a thousand hot dogs in one day. And people were paying like 7 to $10, and family, you get a family of four, that's $50. And I'm sitting here like, wow. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> hot this, dog. I mean, this, this is, is a, simple. Right? This is a plain hot dog with nothing on it. Right. <laughs> so I'm texting him. I'm like, man, when are you going to franchise? So once he actually built it out and he franchised it, me and another friend, Todd Grafton, we all right. went to South Hill Lather. You know Ty yeah, from, know Ty. You know yeah. Ty from right. Buff. So me and Ty got together because at the time we were looking at different opportunities because we always wanted a food franchise. But, you know, when you think about most franchises like a Chick-fil-A or Subway, you got to give up your firstborn. You got to have like a million dollars in collateral. You got to have all these assets. I mean, there's really no opportunity for the young entrepreneur like us. Like, it's just beyond us unless you're like that top one percentile where, you know, you just what I don't know if you. Came out with a, a tech company and you got rich. It's just hard to break into the business. OK. You know what I'm saying? So for this, he started to franchise is very new. There's like uh, three locations in Atlanta and it was a perfect opportunity because it was affordable for us. So we're getting it on the ground up. Uh, you know, we're getting it from the ground. Like right. think about investing in Chick-fil-A.
1: From the ground. From the ground. Right.
0: Like, you know, Chick-fil-A moves to Detroit, you know, before it got big down south, because by the time it came to Detroit, it was already out of reach, right? Right. But you're in that neighboring area where Chick-fil-A is starting to move to the next neighboring, you know, state, and you can get in before it's just... Is just unaffordable. Right. So from that standpoint, I'm like, hey, we're a hot dog city and people love hot dogs. And then the thing about the original hot dog family, uh the, the original hot dog factory is the hot dogs are gourmet and they're based off of different cities. So your Carolina dog will have coleslaw on it. Your Detroit Coney dog, chili, chili mustard, yeah. mustard and onions. Okay. You know, your Boston dog got baked beans on it. So it, it mirrors the culture of food in each different city. And that's how you have this different plethora of hot dogs. And then also we have the Beyond Sausage because vegan is a big thing. Right. You it, know, so you got to you got to give these different, that. you know, alternative, you know, selections for meat or non-meat selections. So as you're looking at it, man, it, I was just it was a no brainer for me. Yeah, man, I'm I'm sitting here stomach my
1: stomach over here growling. <laughs> right, Riley, and you yeah, look like they got a taco yeah. dog, a There's taco a, dog. a
0: Caribbean jerk chicken dog. Okay, you know I'm gonna push, you know i I'm gonna push Dennis lobster. We need a lobster dog. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so much that we can do because, you know, you're getting we're jumping on board at the ground, you know, right. at the ground level. So we're influential in this market and we can kind of tailor make it to this market because Dennis knows Detroit. You know, sell Fago Pop. That's from Detroit. Red Hot Chips. Right. <laughs> you know,
1: the things that we like, you yeah. know. So nah, I got a request, man. I don't know if you can do it or maybe I'll just have to, like, you know, put it on the side. So, right. Like, we talk about Delaware, man. We we got to have some lobster fries. Lobster yeah, fries. So the, the, yeah, I'm telling you, man. The, the That's lobster what they do in Delaware? The, yeah, they got the lobster on, on top, top of the fries. fries. Oh, man. man oh, I think you might have just gave yeah. us a moneymaker. Yeah, that right there, man. Let me tell you. I sat there and... Every time we go out there, I mean, it's so fresh. Right. So I'm looking at this, man. Right. I got to come down here. And in my mind, I'm right. like, yo, I can't wait till, right. like, the um, the foodies that are on TV, you know, where they come out right. and, you know, they're eating yeah. their first, you know, right. uh, dog at your place right. and, you know, enjoying themselves. Man, I see families gathering yeah. and just enjoying a day down there. Hot dogs, Hot man. dogs.
0: Yeah. It's so many. Sp- it's, I mean, and it's funny. A lot of times when I go down, you know, I used to work at General Motors. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of the food trucks pull up inside of Campus Marshes, and I don't never see a hot dog business. No, I never do either. You know, a lot of the hot dogs that we see are Coney Island based, and Coney Island doesn't have that many selections when it comes to the toppings and the type of dogs that you got. So it's me. It's just a no-brainer. It's just taking what we like to the next level. You know what I'm saying? So when he presented that opportunity and we actually had a opportunity to buy in i, I mean I, we had to jump all over it i mean it's hard to get a food franchise and i i bought one Yeah, you have one. I have one. You have one. So,
1: listen, coming soon. Coming soon. The original hot dog factory, Detroit. Right. It's opening up. Well, you said we got the Boston dog. We have the, of course, we have the Detroit dog.
0: D. Court Coney. We got the Jamaican jerk. Jamaican jerk. You got the vegan dog. I mean, there's so many options. You know, there's so many options. And that's the funny thing about it. When we went down there, we actually tried the food, and the food is amazing. Right. They got fried Oreos. Fried Oreo. Fried Oreos. I've never had that. A deep fried Oreo. Oh, talk about a sugar rush. That's okay. <laughs> good, but you good? go, you go, like, shake it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's the thing. I'm excited. Our, our territory that we're opening up is in Midtown. So okay. we're in the process That's now where area, we're going yeah. through finding the real estate and then we have to build out and then we open the store. So probably if we, if I was to make the approximation later towards the end of this year, early next year, just depending on, you know, all
1: the, the finding the place, building it out and what type happens. So here's the question. Is mm-hmm. there going to be a pop-up shop though? Like are you going, are you going to do like a pop-up, you know, Somewhere that we can come and, like, sample it and then give us the date for the launch? Well, so we, how are how you going to so, do So
0: it? we actually franchise for a store and a food truck. Okay. So... With the food truck, we get that built out. We can pop up all over the place. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think from that standpoint, you know, working with the franchise or, you know, we stay in the guidelines and what's best for them. So I think we got, you know, we open the store, open the food truck from there. I, I mean, that's the good thing about food trucks. I mean, you just you can you can go where the business is. You go to where the people are. I mean, just think about. You know, the Detroit Jazz Festival, all these festivals, all the people that's out in campus, Martians working for Quicken Loans, General Motors, all these businesses around here. I mean, just hot dogs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so. I'm excited, man.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for you. So when we think about. You know, you were party promoting. Right. It uh, transitioned to a greater purpose through some mentorship and guidance. Right. right. Um, then you were able to, like you just shared, that you worked at GM, correct? And you were doing some great work there. Mm-hmm. Then you transition at simultaneously where you got Tucks and Chucks going on. Right. Then you open up the nonprofit Cool Smart. Right. Now you have the original hot dog Detroit that's right. right. lo- that's launching. But what was so impactful for me when I think about uh, your story, mm-hmm. uh, you made a post a couple of days ago mm-hmm. saying "Happy Birthday" mm-hmm. uh, to your dad.
0: Oh yeah, my yeah, pops. Your pops, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And one of the things that I read, you said I didn't have to figure out this thing on my own. I did, and that was man, that was powerful. Yeah. And now you are a father, mm-hmm. and I know uh, what I say is children are the safest place to pour everything you know. Right. And so when I look at how you're leading your son. Right. And I saw it when I remember when uh, he was on the way. <laughs> I saw the anticipation in your eyes. Yeah. And then like the joy that I see, man, from you interacting with him online. Yeah. You know, that you're tracking all his growth and his milestones. Man, talk to me about that. Being a dad.
0: Oh, being a dad is tremendous. I mean, it's it It's like the best part of you that comes out into a little human being and you can watch part of you like, oh, he acts just like me. Right. <laughs> so you you're patient because you're like, OK, I see myself in him. So you can't always get mad when they do some things. But I mean, the good, like you said, the good part, starting off with my father, you know, growing, in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, so my dad, basically whatever he didn't accomplish or he probably made a decision not to do and then he ended up finding out he should have did. He just he was like, I was like Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm about to graduate from high school. He's like going to computer, son. Computers is the future. They change every six, you know, six months. Things are changing. It'll be a good career for you. And that's what I went into. Computer engineering, telecommunications. Graduated from Michigan State and I just start working in that industry. And I'm still today, you know, uh, information security, cybersecurity professional. That's my background. So just having, you know, and growing up, you know, in our community, a lot of my friends, they don't have their fathers in their lives. So me being of that minority where my dad was there. I I didn't have to figure out everything on my own. You know, he kind of gave me a game plan and he was like, go with this. And then from there, when I matured enough to figure out, you know, if I wanted to zig or zag or go a different route, I can do that. Now what I'm doing, because, you know, naturally, when our parents came about, the American Dream was all about go to school. And go, go, go get a job. Go to You work? know, we're, we're in Detroit. Right. Go. If you work for the big
1: three, you made it, right? Absolutely. That was the sentiment. Fresh Cadillac and money in the bank. Right. Yeah. That's the
0: sentiment probably 10, 20 years ago. But now that climate is starting to change and we want to have ownership. And so for me, you know, and basically on my shirt where I say, if you didn't come from a rich family, a rich family can come from you. Right. You know, a lot of, you know, the economic growth or the getting back into Ownership is starting with our generation because we're starting to think differently. Mm-hmm. We start, you know, it's OK to work for an employer, but, you know, you want to create your own vision and see if you can grow that, you know, and then you give your options. to. So my son, you know, the things that I'm starting off today, he's going to have options when options. he gets his own over. If he wants to work for a corporation, he can or he can take over dad's businesses or he can create his own. We don't know what it's going to be like 20 years from now. A lot of the jobs, the manufacturing jobs, automation is wiping out a lot. Right. So a lot of those jobs, you know, might not be here. Right. And AI. Is AI. So yeah. a lot of, you know, so a lot of the middle class was built off of manufacturing and that that o- those opportunities we can already see where our parents were making 20, 25 dollars hour, 30 dollars an hour. That's been decimated. Those people are making 10 to 15. $10, $10, yeah. And then now those jobs are going to go away. So we have to think about something different where we got to give options for our children to where, you know, and then look how we social media makes every like I said, going back to just Popeye's blew blew it up. Right, Social media is so powerful and then people can just make sales increase. So really just understanding uh, how to impact and how to, you know, generate revenue off of social media and different things like that. And like for me, I own three T-shirts companies. Right. 20 years ago, I wouldn't know where to start. But now with drop shipping. Right. Right. I own three. And I've
1: sold two. <laughs> so listen, I, I gotta get some of that apparel. I gotta yeah. get some gear, man. So I see, I have to, I have to get this shirt right Yo, here. yeah. This yeah, is, cause a, that speaks to me. I saw you oh, post yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Strictly business. This is me and my cousin JT. So JT, uh, James Wingate, me and him have a photo booth business together called Moxie Picks. So that's one of the first businesses that I bought, uh, after I, I got laid off with General Motors in February. Right. So. Uh, me but me and him started this because it all resonates we used to have an organization called young black entrepreneur and it was basically we had the forethought way back before entrepreneur really got big in detroit and detroit looked like it did today where we was like we have to have an alternative to corporate america we got to think about that but it wasn't as easy to do so what we did is kind of evolved it and you know Not make it more about, you know, ethnicity, just more about business because everybody is in business, black people, white people, whatever. All the young people want to own their own. So this is resonating with everybody. So when I wear this out, I get stopped so much because people read it as in big block letters and they say, oh, I like that. I really like that because it's really on us. If you didn't come from a rich family, then it got to start with us. Right. We are the ones to take our family to the next level financially. And then whatever rich means to you, rich might not mean money. Rich might mean something else. But wherever that trans, you know, wherever your family needs to transcend, it's really on us to start that.
1: Right. And then pass it on. So here's the thing. As a serial entrepreneur. Right. Like, what is your best advice for people listening on how to generate money, how to make funds, how to grow your bank, how to secure the bag? <laughs> I think it all comes down to you
0: got to have a good product or service. You got to have something that people want. That's what it comes down to. Basically, I know a lot of times we see on social media, you know, people get upset because their friends don't patronize their base, their business. so maybe they don't like what you're doing. Yeah. You know, just because I'm your friend don't mean I'm going to buy your product. You got to have a good product or service. You got to create something that's so good that everybody wants. So I would say first, Create where's the need, where's the want? Create the create the need or or the demand for it. You know what I'm saying? And then people are gonna buy it. And then once they buy it, give them good customer service. Because that's what lacks a lot of times. Some people might have a good product, but then the service lacks. Or then some people, you know, might not just have a good product. You know, I mean it has to be, you know, something that resonates with your consumer base. Okay. And that's that's what it comes down to to me. Yeah. And then from there, you can get into how to market, advertise, how to socially connect, engage. I mean, there's so many tools that we have that make things easy to to reach the broader audience. You know, it's not like back in the day where you had to take out newspaper ads and. Right, you, I can run. I can promote your podcast from my phone while we're talking on this podcast. Okay. All I got to do is push a button. Push the button. Boop! It goes out to right. five thousand people. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's. There's really no excuse, you know, I mean, we can find different skill sets, but there's really no excuse. you can if you have an audience, and why it was easier for me because like I said, I've always had that audience base from throwing parties, okay. so naturally, as I evolve in the different products and services that I offer, that base is still there. I just have to give them what they want. As I'm approaching thirty nine, that base isn't looking for parties as much because we're getting older, we got kids, people are married. You can't be out in the streets as much. We you know, you're tired. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you you catch right. a hangover, you done for like two three days. Oh yeah, done. Yeah. yeah. So so what you have to do is that base is still the same, and they're still looking for you to provide experiences or products and services. Now you just got to give them something that's in line of where they are in their life. So for me, photo booths great because people are having you know. Th- You got baby showers. You got, you know, kids are graduating, going to college. You know, everybody likes to take photos and video. That's just part of our culture with the phone. So that's the easy sale. Like you say, these T-shirts where it's easy for me to create it. But now I'm trying to resonate with my other entrepreneurs by quotes. Right. So a lot of times we want to represent what we're feeling on the shirt and you don't have to say it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times in business, well, one of the other shirts, I'm cut the check. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah. You know, if you want my product and service, you got to pay for it.
1: Right. And I don't. And, and not, not so discounted. When that come off the press, <laughs> I need that. Right. And not discounted. Right. Full price. Full price.
0: Because <laughs> you'll go over here. You'll go pay, somewhere else and pay. And pay. It. So right. you got to pay me full price. So it's really strictly business. All about just statements and what we feel. And you, when you wear that entrepreneurial hat, there are certain things that you feel and certain things you have to encounter. So Just put it on a
1: shirt, you ain't got to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I like. Uh, what's the uh, you know, some people it was it was originally that 90 day, uh-huh. then it was 60, right? Then now it's 30. Uh-huh. We need to do something like 30, 60, 90 and have some birds flying <laughs> right? Oh, man, right? That's right? 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 For the birds, like, yeah. no, cut the check right now, cut Absolutely. the check, yeah. And so, man, as we as we round, uh, you know come get ready to come close to the close of this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh there's so much that we've talked about, man. Right. Uh so much about like just life in general, mm-hmm. about, you know, building something that your son right. uh can inherit, Yo. uh learning from uh the wisdom that your father shared from you, the mm-hmm. insight that he shared. Right. And all in all, when I when I talk to different and I interview different guests, there's like this this red thread that <laughs> runs through the theme of the interview. Okay. And when I'm when I'm listening to you, man, there's power in following direction and instruction. It is, yeah, it's Cause, such a power. Because when I when you said uh, that Deron came to you and was like, "Hey, man, it's time to essentially level up, you know, and increase your social impact," right? And you said, "Okay, cool." And you followed that instruction, and I, it has proven profitable. No right? contest. No, no contest. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's why I like this.
0: Sur- that's why it's important for us to surround yourself about people that you pre- you know you look at them because they they've done more than you. They're more accomplished because when they bring you stuff, you're not really going to question it because you already they're like mentors to you, and you already look at their moves and their steps. So when when Derone said it, I was like, you, yeah, you know, I didn't, yeah, let's do it, right. And he introduced me to Mr. Donaldson and it just took off from there. So same thing with party promotions. Uh, I started doing club parties because DJ Cuts, who Mike West, who's one of my closest right. friends, he yeah. said, I threw up my first cabaret probably a long time ago. I can't even remember 2001. I don't even know, but he was like, you should start doing club parties. And I was like, okay right, like, <laughs> and yeah, I did it let's go <laughs> <laughs> my dad said you should become a licensed used car dealer and sells cars 2005 I went and got my license I did it like right. so you know why not just try it you know what I'm saying if you don't have to put down an exuberant amount or you can just get in the game and try it like when people give you these ideas I run with them and, and they've proven profitable they, they've proven they've proven well Yes. You know, They've proven well. I've learned a lot. So I'm just thankful for all the people in my life that, like you say, fed into me and then gave me some game and I can take it and run with it. And then we can all still be a team, you know, and, and do things together. So, like you say, follow directions.
1: Yeah. So you've been following directions, man. And each, like <laughs> hey. Literally each step of the way. That's why you were like, yeah, Uh, Jerome said do this. I did it. Boom. I did it. <laughs> my dad said computers are the future. Boom. I, this is, I did it. I've been computers for the last uh, 50, 20 years. Right. Uh, I saw my man making moves in Atlanta, wanted to get in on the ground level, looked at the opportunity. And what I, what I loved about that story, he may have been on his way to franchising or, you know, I had right. the idea anyway. Right. But when you created a demand on it, like, hey, man, when are you doing this? Right, right. Like, I'm I in. Was bugging Yeah, him. right. That's I what was, I'm saying.
0: I was bugging him to the point he was like, as soon as I get this ready, you're the first person I approach. And then also, like you say, the good thing about it is, you know, and I put that in my post on Facebook, is a lot of the opportunities that we need is in our network. I bought, I'm i buying into his vision. Right. It's not my vision. We go to work for Corporate America and we buy into strangers vision all the time. But why don't we buy into our friends or people in our network's vision? I didn't have a vision to sell hot dogs until I saw him do it. And I bought into his vision. And that's what I wanted to showcase in my Facebook post is because, you know, a lot of times we go off and we create the same businesses and compete against each other. But now. I can make profit and he'll profit off of some of my profit because of the franchising fees and we can work together. He wants me to succeed because he wants to sell he more franchises. To. Absolutely. So that's the thing where I'm saying in the post, I'm mm-hmm. like what we need, we have access to it. Support each other. You know, if you create, it's a lot of Wait, people. Boss, that's yep.
1: the next t-shirt. <laughs> what we need, we have access to it. Support each other. Right. All right. There listen, you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, we do. Because I mean, that's that's the truth about it, man. It's right. it's so many people that's in our community that's doing great things. All we have to do is support each other. We don't have to. You you know. You don't have to steal each other's ideas and compete. You can really just start franchising the business. If you got a good business, franchise
1: it and and expand it. Right. And that's you know, what I, I think that's what's missing though is like, you know, you'll hear around generally around January, June, December, everybody starts talking about leveling up, right? Right. Leveling up is that it, it becomes a universal conversation. Right. But the strategies to do that a lot of people miss out on, right? right. And we were talking about how the older professionals you know, they know how they're tied to understanding how giving monetarily helps. Right. 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 But I do believe that there's uh, a wealth of information and strategies that still has to be downloaded. Yeah. From that generation. Right. You know, to our generation and subsequently on that leveling up requires this. Right. Right.
0: Cause, so, yeah. Because if you look at history, what I see, you know, I'm not, you know, th- the best historian, but there was a point where black people. All were business owners. Right. And then it seemed like we started to get educated and then we started to work for the employers. But now it's starting to come back to we want our own. Everybody wants their own. You know what I'm saying? Not just black people. So as we get into that, that creates that circulation of dollars because, you know, like you said, if I if I do one thing, you do another thing, we pay each other for our services, and that money is circulating around. So I wish it, like I said, I wish it was a place that we can go and gather and and get that information from people who've done it. But it does, you know, I don't know of a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know of the secret meeting, right? Yeah, <laughs> where I, I, I'm not older, older folks either. is like. Hey, young man, this is how you do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can meet onesies, twosies here, but I don't see the collective committee of this is how you do it because we've done it or we're doing it now. And if you want to. But it should because that's the succession plan. That's right. That's why Mr. D brought us in because I, that that base starts to they die off. Right. Right. So you that vision dies because there's nobody succeeding it. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. I wish there was a committee of folks that set us, young people down, handpicked us, and like, all right, I like you, I like you. And there was some trust. I think maybe there was a lack of trust. And they said, this is how you get off the sideline. The guideline to get off the sideline, I think J. Cole said it in one of his raps, but that's needed. But, hey, if we can't get it, then we
1: create it. Then we create it. Then we create it for the next generation. Right. Man, I was, ha- I would love to hear your thought about this. So I was talking to my kids about uh, – and this is just my purview right. is that when you are engaging with the world, uh, you as a person have to determine what system or what machine you're going to, you know, participate in. Right. right. So whether it is uh, like a career in finance or a career in computers or a career in education mm-hmm. or a career in entertainment, that machine operates – A certain way. It flows a certain way. And, you know, uh, some of us and I I would like to say that you all we also share. We're disruptors. Right. Mm -hmm. So but when you disrupt, you also have to have a direction that you're going. So what I'm seeing, man, is i was telling my kids there's nothing wrong with innovation because that's great. You know, nothing wrong with evolution, you know, to improve something. That's great. But when you disrupt something. What you have to do is you also have to have a direction right. that you're leading the other people in. You have to have a mission and a purpose for what it is that you're doing. Right. So what, what's your thought on that?
0: Like you say, uh I don't know. Let's unpack it. You disrupt. So let's think about Let's try to talk this out. Like Airbnb is disrupting the hospitality industry. They what direction I'm trying to if I put myself in that guy whoever started and I was like okay we gonna do this in what direction to me it seems like the whole direction is just take it over because I, I would rather stay in a house than I would stay in a hotel for one you stay in a house you're just a lot more comfortable you have all the amenities and things like that I think the direction you just gotta do it better than whoever you disrupting I don't know if that's a direction but okay. you just do it better than the norm like you know a lot of A lot of reasons why disruption happens is because people were giving us mediocre service or mediocre amenities. I can go out of town and a group of us friends can rent an Airbnb for $1,000 for the weekend or whatever the price. And we all pay $250 or $200 a piece. And we can go to the grocery store and cook. We don't have to worry about noise complaints. We don't have to worry about we got the house. Right. You know what I'm saying? If we want to enjoy ourselves and have a little party in there, we can. If you want to cook your own food, which saves you money because you're not eating out every day, you can. You know, it's it's a house. It's a big house instead of everybody paying $500 for a weekend. For the weekend. Right. You take four people and $500 a piece for the weekend. That's two grand. You take four people in one house paying $1,000. You didn't save half the money already. So now travel becomes more accessible and it's cheaper. If you can pay less, you're going to pay less. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think to me, if I say direction, do it better than the industry that you disrupt and do it better than them. If you can do it cheaper and create a better experience, you win it. Okay. Cool. I don't so, want to get in the cab no more. Cabs cost more. I jump in a lift. Right. You know? Or an Uber. Or an Uber. Right. It's just a better experience. You know, I remember we was in Chicago and we got a, a, a Uber XL or a Lyft XL, and the guy came up. He had TVs and lights and music. It created a better experience than sitting in the cab where there's plastic glass and you just, you know, there's no social interaction or anything. He's doing it better. And yeah. it's just technology is involved. Yeah,
1: I like that. I don't even know how to call a cab. <laughs> right. Let me be honest. How do you call a cab? You got to look yeah. on Google? no. I I don't know, man. Yes. Yeah, cause I, I yeah I just hit the app. So the know? direction is maybe right. making it
0: more accessible, better service, and you involve technology because that's we live on our phones.
1: I like that, man. So I sat here. I gave. I've already given some challenges on some t-shirts. Ah, <laughs> yeah, these. you get Yeah. 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 So here, here's here's my here's my last one. My I last write, t-shirt. I right. Write these down. Here we go. My last one. My last t-shirt is going to say life. L I F E colon right. Life colon. Create a better experience. Yeah. I like that, man. Yeah. So even if you just cut one of those, I'll <laughs> right. wear it. So right. listen, uh, Jay, it's been cool having you on, man. Excited about all your success. Excited about your family. Right. You know, and uh, just what you're doing, man, is impacting and changing lives. And uh, from your T-shirt brands, your, your T-shirt companies mm. to – uh the original hot dog right. uh to cool smart to tux and chucks man listen peace and blessings to you thank you and uh, all of your work with uh Mr. D and around buff man listen yeah. we, we just got to keep it going impacting these young people's lives
0: yeah you do just take a shot like young people if you listen old people whatever you want to do time waits for no man so the longer you wait look it's almost it's september right do it, yes. just do it. Shoot, 20, shoot the shot. Shoot the shot. Because twenty twenty is around the corner. So if you've been sitting on anything that you want to accomplish, you better do it now. Do it now. Because the longer you wait, you gonna look back and regret it. So I'm taking all. I'm trying to shoot like Kobe out here. I'm just
1: shooting fifty shots a game. Like I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I mean, because you, you're gonna hit at <laughs> least one of them. Yeah, it's, yeah. the Strength is the, is the numbers. Eventually, you go something gonna work. Right. So at the drawing board podcast, this is what I tell you. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. And today, life, colon, create a better experience. Peace and blessings. God bless.